This is your host, David Barker. And this is your co-host, Luke Murphy. You are listening to another episode of the BTY Radio. A podcast aimed to help you become better than you were yesterday. Alright guys, we are back on BTY Radio. I'm here with Luke and today we're joined by Joel Walsh. Welcome, Joel. Hey boys, how are we? Thanks for having me on. I'm pretty keen to finally uh, touch base with you all out and out in the Shire here, so uh, thanks for having me. Thanks for making the trip out from Penrith. That's it, Lower Mountains. Lower Mountains, Penrith, sorry. Mate, Sounds but, uh, a bit nicer, does it? Further. Come on, postcode matters. Post-code matters. <laughs> Panthers are doing well, mate. You're claiming the riff these days. I'm a shark supporter, mate. <laughs> are you? Yeah. No way. Yeah. Yeah, right. So you mentioned before when we were discussing you were living over in Woolaware. I what attempted to. I tried to. You I tried was working to. out here and the travel was just becoming a little too much. It was yeah. an upward of like your 80Ks a day. Tolls were oh just ripping God. a hole in my pocket. So I tried to actually move out here in, I think it was 2016, 17. Um, but having being a, on a sole income, it just it, it didn't add up mathematically. Yeah. And I know you guys understand living out here absolutely a little bit extra yeah. dough, So um, it didn't eventuate. But then I fell into a different career path and that took me back home anyway. So how'd you end up supporting the Sharks? If you... I'm not too sure. <laughs> when I was a kid, Preston Campbell was my guy. Oh, yeah, and nice. When he won the Dally M, I was about four or five years old. And okay, when, cool. you, when you're that age, you just, you're easily influenced, as I still am now, unfortunately. Yeah. But um, yeah, just jumped on the Sharks and rode a few bad years there. But, <laughs> wait, wait 2016 him. was a grand final year, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, and then yeah, 16 was good. Go. And then we're back. It's peaks and troughs. Peaks and troughs, 100%. <laughs> and did you play footy yourself growing I up? Play, I played a bit of junior footy um, out my way in Penrith. Um, I kind of like flipped and flopped and like dabbled in all sports and that's kind of what's helped me today being well-rounded because I can kind of um I'm okay at everything I didn't master anything but I was okay at everything I played a bit of footy but then I realized pretty quick that I was sick of getting bashed and I wasn't built for it so I I jumped ship to AFL yeah okay cool there you go so tell us a little bit about yourself you're a teacher you're a personal trainer yep yep yeah uh, you're a fitness enthusiast that just loves challenging himself that's a we use that term very loosely <laughs> but i do i do like fitness and whatever it entails um still a teacher in training so yeah do as teacher I said, in training yeah, yeah doing my apprenticeship out of school and then finishing off my degree um at western sydney and then yeah i just uh, do a bit of group fitness training still um to keep myself afloat and kind of um fill that void that passion i still have to give my knowledge back to other people and coach them through their fitness journey. And um, yeah, I train out of CrossFit, I train out of a normal gym, I try to run, I try to swim. <laughs> um, yeah, just doing anything I can to keep myself moving, active and happy because that's what fills my cup up. Yeah, cool. And when did you start to realize that, you know, you had this big passion for, um, you know, training multiple modalities and, and sort of dabbling in a little bit of everything and, and giving it all a red hot crack? Uh, it was only a couple of years ago when I, f- I think it was just before I finished my certifications and back then I was kind of into the buys and tries, curls and <laughs> all that kind of stuff. And I'd, I think I'd, I did like a, a rowing thing. I was a one-off and I was like, I really like that. I like getting the lungs burning again because yeah. playing AFL, um, it's a high demand on the like your cardiorespiratory system, a lot of endurance, but it's obviously just running, you know what yeah. I mean? But I've always been kind of conditioned that way to enjoy those longer, harder things rather than just sit there, press, release, press, re- kind of going through that monotonous um resistance training and then as i kind of just moved on from gym to gym and you kind of just like add to your repertoire and then i ended up finding my way i think i was training at zoo zoo fitness in penrith we got a little crew together every week and we just throw something silly up on the whiteboard um this little like sunday project we had 
And um, from then on, it was just like, all right, well, this is this is it. And then that kind of led me into CrossFit and then CrossFit led me into this and that. And it's just yeah. like constantly building and adding to that kind of, yeah, the skill set or the toolkit of fitness. It's cool. Every time I jump on Instagram, you're in a, a different space doing something stupid, <laughs> challenging yourself and training with multiple different people. So it's really cool to see you get yourself out there and um you know get amongst it all like there's so many different styles of training like to think that some people just lock them down lock themselves down in one modality you're really missing out a lot totally mate and that's that's the beauty of fitness like i love the variety the variation and just being able to like build on yourself in so many different aspects in so many different environments and also the funnest thing for me now that i'm like really really relishing is just in training with different people i'll bring yeah. anyone on board and i'll jump on in with anyone regardless of age fitness level gender whatever it is it's like if you're willing to put in i'm willing to put in let's just go have a bit of fun a bit of a sweat session like yeah, that's it for me right now. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, you can see that you really do like everything. Like we were talking before the podcast and I was like, oh, yeah, you know, I might be training for a half marathon. And Dave's like, oh, yeah, I might be thinking about doing this, you know, 12, 24-hour event. And Joel's just like, oh, yeah, I was doing a half marathon every week in, in COVID. <laughs> oh, yeah, I've done one of those events, 24 yeah. hours. I'm not work trying it. to up you at all. <laughs> just trying to relate. I'm just looking in awe. Right? I'm looking yeah. in awe. <laughs> trying to relate, that's all. But it just like people talk about that kind of mental toughness or just kind of pushing themselves, that type of thing. Um, but kind of practicing that and kind of, you know, putting yourself out of your comfort zone time and time again is, is a different thing, I think. And actually practicing what you preach, it sounds like you, you do that regularly. You took that words out of my mouth. That was a big thing for me. I think a couple of years ago when I was working at a gym, they approached me and just said, hey, we'd like you to like, come in and do some more classes with the members. They really respond to that. And that, uh, in the immediate, I was pretty like resistance toward that. I was like, no, 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 I like what I'm doing. I want to like keep this barrier between coach and um, member or client. And yeah. then I eventually like had to do that. And then I seem to like learn a lot more because then you, you kind of build that like that empathy in that environment. You understand what they're going through and they see that and they like that. And then clients and members being a member as well as of a, of a gym myself, when you train with a coach or trainer and you see that they're willing to put in the work that you put in, they're not mm -hmm. just writing up the program and then delivering it to you. They're like, no, no, I'll do this as well. This is what I believe in. And then that gives you that sense of like belief in yourself. Like, oh, well, look at him or look at her all right well let's go then and yeah. I, i've really really enjoyed that just putting myself in those really uncomfortable situations and yeah i, I just i won't say no to anything any fitness thing across anything with anyone you know yeah. I mean, i'm trying to become this jack that's of all awesome. trades the joel of all trades I'm <laughs> yeah. you could call it, maybe. <laughs> we're not there yet but that, that's that's the goal yeah. that's what um, i always say to my clients like you know if you come in tell me you want to go for a run i can run with you you want to do handstands up the gym let's do handstands up the gym you want to do some weightlifting go to sand dunes like that's what that's like, it's like playing to me it's like mm. um yeah it's my time to just relax disconnect enjoy uh have a laugh with s some friends and you know i don't want to be restricted you know, I, I would hate to be able to say, you know, if you said to me, let's go downstairs after this and let's, you know, do a half marathon on the row, like I'm confident I could jump on there. Like it's going to suck, but mm -hmm. um, I could definitely do that. And, and that's what I love about training. Yeah, no, you're totally right. And th th there's so many parallels that you can kind of draw from your training that move into the outside, uh, outside world, like having empathy for someone else. Also, like building social connections and building your own network and there's just so many like different avenues that this kind of builds on and uh, like opens you up to and I, f I found that to be one of the most beneficial things for me like as much as i've given back and i try i'll continue to do that um fitness the space the health of fitness in general as a such a broad scope has given me so much yeah. and it just builds and builds and builds and that's why 
Yeah, I've got an addiction to it. Yeah. Well, it transpires into all aspects of life, doesn't it? Like you, you build a bit of resilience in the gym, you overcome some of your fears in the gym, you do things that you didn't think were possible and all of a sudden, you know, you're changing careers or you're starting your own business or you're leaving a toxic relationship or whatever it may be. Like there's just so much to, you know, improving your fitness, your strength, your body composition more so than just like how you physically look. And just like, getting out of your comfort zone. And getting out of your comfort zone. And pushing, yeah. And is that where that sort of alignment, you know, I've sort of noticed, um, you know, I know you've been passionate about it for a while, but the mental health space, like I've seen you do quite a bit of posting around that now. And obviously we've got the charity event, which we can drop into in a minute. But is that where that's come from? Like, where has that passion for, you know, speaking out about mental health and and you know being an ambassador for it come from i think yeah kind of touching on what you just said then for me fitness was always a reference point to like when when things got tough in the outside world like outside of the gym you can always look back on what you've done there and you go well there's not it's not really that different like i I didn't want to do that workout it looked too hard i knew i couldn't do it but i did it finished it and you find yourself in another situation entirely different um, circumstance but in the real world out there and then you're able to transfer, as you just said, it transpires over and you you, you keep the same, you maintain that skill set to overcome things, overcome adversity, resilience, yeah. fortitude, those kind of buzzwords that go around all the time. Um, but for me, it was unfortunately falling into the kind of mental illness kind of thing. And because um, before that, I was very unaware of it. I'd seen it in sport and things like that, but being naive and young, you just don't quite buy into it as much as you probably should because sometimes un- until something slaps you in the face, you're not really going to kind of have a bit of a peek unless you're really interested in it. And I didn't have that spark for it at the minute. But then um, when, when once you actually experience it and have that lived experience and then obviously either overcoming it or not overcoming it, but then also unfortunately in our lo- local area of Penrith, there's been a fair few like young um, unfortunate deaths because of mental illness and suicide and um, the struggles that all come with that. So I think it just kind of it, it kicked me in the ass. Essentially, yeah. it was like... This, this is a problem for you. This is a problem for everyone. And I just kind of, once once I got out, dug myself out of my thing with the help of my family and friends, I just thought, okay, well, I think there's an opportunity here for me to, to put myself out there, be vulnerable and become, put myself on a bit of a social um, social symbol, if you will. Yeah. And I now I'm totally content with that. And I can attest to personally, like what um, the benefit of it and battling these things and, and spreading the messages and doing what you need to do to ensure that other people have that, like they drop the reluctancy to speak out and things like that. So that's where it kind of started. And then as we touched on before, the, the parallels between the two, are it's pretty, pretty obvious once you kind of get exposed to it and you understand it, like people come to the gym or they, they train because sometimes they need that escape. They need that respite from the, the stresses that we all have regardless of the magnitude. And that's what fitness does. So I thought that, that that's what I, I'm passionate about. I'm going to use that as my stepping stone and I'm going to use that to kind of really jumpstart the movement and the project that Matt and I have hope, will hopefully launch next year. But this is kind of a, a quite a large step into it. And um, yeah, that's where it all kind of started. Yeah, cool. I mean, I'm quite a bit older than you guys. So uh, I was 25 when I first started having my first panic attacks and dealing with anxiety and, you know, it wasn't spoken about at all back then and um, I remember going to my first I've told Luke before going to my first psychologist appointment and hoodie on over the fucking head like walking around not wanting no one to see me go in there and, and all the rest of it and what do you guys think's changed over the past 10 years because you know the anxiety depression all these things like 
I lost a lot of mates, you know, in the last 10 years, three or four to suicide. Um, and now it seems to be more and more regular. Is it that it's being spoken about more, that it's more accepted? Um, or has there been a change in, you know, the, the lifestyle we're living now, um, you know, the world we're living in is creating uh, more anxiety, more pressure, um, and it's, it's pushing on people and breaking them, like... For me, I don't yeah. know you, Luke, but I feel like we're all becoming very hyper-social creatures and we're seeing people in positions of power and leadership and social status speak up and give insights. Because I remember the first thing that smacked me in the face was when uh, Rennie Matua spoke out at the footy show and then Willie Tonga. That was the first thing to me because they were on TV, they were raw, authentic, they were crying and they, they really painted a picture of how close they were to not being a second more on this planet and things like that. I think that's that's where we're going and that's where we need to continue to go. Yeah, it's, cool. it's, I mean, you don't have to have power or status, but it does help just obviously the broader the scope you have, the broader the pedestal you, you may be on, um, the more people you can touch. And, and that word there, that vulnerability word kind of resonates with me. If I can sense that someone's being like vulnerable and they're, they're willing to put themselves out there like that, then you're more than, more willing to listen and take in and absorb what they have and then with that, it's kind of had that ripple effect where the awareness has created the education, the, the education has created the action, and that's where I think we're, we're on the right path. Yeah, and I think, you know, social media, when I first started in the industry 10 years ago, wasn't really a thing, like Instagram mm. had only just launched, so, you know, if it wasn't on the news or, you know, your friends weren't talking about it, you didn't hear about it, and as much as I think there's um, some negative impact that social media is having on us at the moment, it's also... Um, made us more aware of, of people's struggles and, and mental battles and um, you know we can relate to it a little bit more you know, me, and, me and Luke have open conversations all the time and it's super cool like there was not, none of that back back you know 10 years ago with my mates like yeah. it was like and harden I, up or yeah I still think it's got like a long way to come obviously uh, but I, yeah I think the probably the number one thing and males you know 20 30 year old is just the relatable kind of characters that, that as you said you know footy players but just like if we can get to a point where you know if i can look you know on my list of contacts i know you put up something maybe last week on your story yeah, and yeah. You oh yeah said, you shared it with me yeah look yeah yeah, yeah and really you said cool. maybe you know do you know do you remember what it was it was like look at the five you know five five it people. was about like thinking about your your close nick your perception of your close nick people and if you could in a moment of struggle that's just kind of like immediately kind of clicked with you yeah. do you have five people that are outside of your like immediate family that don't live with you that you could call and tell them about it and actually yeah. go i need help yeah you know i mean and i put like a poll up to kind mm -hmm. of just to get a gauge on if because i because because those um the polls are anonymous like only i can see it i think yeah. people were more like uh, willing to put them so actually answer honestly mm -hmm. and it was quite alarming but then also uh quite comforting to see that there were a large amount of people that did have five people there were people that weren't I actually reached out and spoke to a couple of those people, but it is very interesting that um, although we're on the right track, there are still a lot of people that don't have, haven't really, it's not that they haven't got a grasp of things, it's just that I think other people haven't, like they've got a hold of things, but then they're more reluctant to go and open up and extend the that, yeah. branch because it's like, oh, I don't know how it's going to be received because yeah. it's not, it's, it's not widely accepted yet. There are still yeah. some people that, are really tied into that kind of mass toxic masculinity that we see. And I don't mm. think it just affects males at all. So I don't even like to think of it in that sense. It's just in general, it's kind of a pride and ego thing. And then a real um, a hold on like traditional sense of society. That's mm -hmm. what I think it kind of links to. Yeah, I think it was super thought provoking. And it kind of, it actually made me stop and like, like 
think of it because I think you even specified it was like same gender, roughly the same age or yep. something. Yeah. And I kind of like thought about it. I was like, yeah, no, I probably don't have, yeah. you know, four or five. Like I would have thought that I would be pretty resourceful in that kind of setting. But I was like, yeah, maybe, maybe I don't. And I think that kind of r- relatable kind of person, like I think if we can be more open about this type of stuff, then that list is only going to grow, grow, grow. And you can just, you know, they're going to be just general conversations that you can have. You know, I don't think it'll ever be there, but, you know, if you can go and, you know, people are more approachable about this and all that kind of stuff, I think it's going to be... Exactly right. And if you go from having zero of the five to three of the five, yeah. that, that's progress. And that, that's exactly. that's enough, you know what I mean? You've done, you've, you've tried and you, you're building. But I think what I was trying to do there was just kind of poke the bear. I wanted to, because like when I've done the self-development and the work with a psychiatrist they yeah. ask you very um daunting questions like that yeah and that's when you're like whoa like that slap in the face moment like okay no i don't that's a really yeah. good question mm. and because it triggers a, an emotional response out of you you then like as just happened yeah, to yeah. you you yeah, were absolutely. like you chased it up and you followed up and then yeah, you realized yeah. like okay well i didn't really think too much of it when i first read that post but now that i've actually done the research on my own personal life, it's like, oh, yeah. well, I've probably got a few things I need to shift. And yeah. that, that was all it was yeah. for me. And then even from that perspective, it was kind of like, well, would people be comfortable coming up to me and approaching me about that kind of stuff? Because I'm probably not as open, you know, on social or that kind of thing. Like I would think that I could be approachable in that setting, but I was kind of like, maybe people don't look at me that way either. Mm. I yeah. was like, that's probably another perspective as well. And you have that's, to be, what, that's what it was. I wanted to trigger some yeah. self-reflection. That yeah, was, it was that awesome. Purely it was really good. You have to be a pretty strong individual too because I've even had some family members, like I'm very open about my uh, talking to psychologists, my mental health, my anxiety and all the rest of it. I still had family members that came from the generation before that were like, okay, that's cool. We're down with you seeing a psychologist, but don't go talk to people about it. You know, like because of their ways, like mm. that was, stigma, they were growing yeah. up, like they were, they were beat. They were beat down yeah, by their, yeah. their dads for being pussies and, 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 and all the rest of it. So it's that stigma. Mm. Right, and it wasn't coming from a bad place. But if I hadn't have been my own person and, and had been on my own mission after losing friends to suicide and all the rest of it, um, I might have just shut my mouth and not spoken about it. So I think, although we are in the on the on the right track, um, there's still people that are heavily influenced by family members or, or friends that have a belief that you know we shouldn't speak about it or it's not okay. Um, and they may be getting the help, but they may not be willing to openly speak about it and, um, you know, have a conversation with their friend. Like mm. the amount of conversations I have these days with, you know, Lukey and, and now yourself and, and other members about getting help um, when we need it is amazing. Like it's not something that, that I could do five, six years ago. Mm. So yep. it's definitely a, a positive thing. And again, it was a slap in the face. I couldn't even get in an elevator without breaking down, you know, because I was triggered that hard by the fear of God knows what at that time. And then losing friends to suicide was just, you know, I wouldn't have thought too much of it before that. It just builds up, doesn't it? Just layers upon up. layers upon layers until that point where it seems like such a, a minor aspect of everyday life walking into an elevator and that's all it takes. That's yeah. And the, mm. the rubber band's been pulled a little bit too far. Yeah. And that's kind of the scope of mental illness, I think, yeah. that people don't understand because... I think maybe previously the perception was like, why is that person like uncomfortable walking in the shops? Like that's so like that's that's so normal. Yeah. Um, it's like, well, that's not that's not the essence of it all. You know what I mean? There's, yeah. there's four or five a- things. Accumulation. That, it's yeah. A, yeah. An accumulation, a lead up. But I think what you said, like you touched on a very good point there that I I feel is one of the blessings we have today that we are very prone to being very individual. You know yeah. what I mean? You are your own person. We live in a world that pushes that um, like self autonomy over yourself. And luckily for you, and I know for me as well, that I was able to really like uh, walk on my own two feet and yeah. go, no, 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 this is what I want to do. Yeah. And I need to do it for me 
and you kind of stuff the rest, you know, yeah. and you can sit on the sidelines. Yeah. But again, like yeah, you, we are tied to those like traditional ways. And then because that's obviously uh, only a few generations ago, that's kind of bred into the walls and then generation upon generation upon yeah. generation and things like that, culture sticks. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? If you can, if you have a successful culture, then you're going to succeed. If you have a toxic culture, then obviously that toxicity is going to like spread into the people that are within it. Yeah. That's the way it is, unfortunately. So and we can we can throw it back to fitness again, right? Like um, I'm mentally stronger because I'm fitter and healthier. Had I been that fragile person that I was 10 years ago that wasn't in the gym, I mightn't have stood up on my own two feet. You know, but, you know, you get in the gym, you start overcoming things, you start overcoming adversities with running a business and all the rest of it, and you build your confidence with each step, and then you are your own your own person. But there would be people out there now that are overweight, unhealthy, um, battling their own mental demons that probably are stuck um, in a bad place because, you know, their social, uh, their social network doesn't support speaking out you know and maybe if they got in the gym and, and started working on their health and their fitness and you know whether it's learning to do we've got a girl down there that's been um five years trying to overcome a box jump and now she comes in here and does five box jumps every day she's and it's just yeah and just it, it out. she's just <laughs> it's just changed her confidence yeah. it seems so silly but she's just a different person because she's now overcome that fear um, and I think, you know, we've got such a, a big impact here. One of the biggest things I do now is I refer out. I've got a GP and I've got a psychologist that I, that I refer people to because I'm not having those, you know, we get stuck up in being psychologists ourselves as personal trainers and it started to take a big toll on me mentally, you know, I was speaking to Luke about it and, um, you know, I was taking home, I care. Mm. And I was taking all their things home and I started to burn out. And my psychologist was like, well, that's not your role. You haven't done a four or six year uni degree to be able to, you know, break all this down and manage it. So why don't you set up a referral system? Mm, that's like, really good because I think it, as well as experience does like put money in the bank and you can relate to people and, yeah. and offer some as well. But that's the thing I am trying to like not promote too, too much that I'm like trying to be a psychologist yeah. and yeah. I just know that fitness helped me and I enjoy fitness and I'm going to use that as my tool to help other people because yeah. I don't want to cross over into different yeah, industries. Like exactly. I have my thing that I enjoy that work for me yeah. um, as well as I'm still, that's the whole education thing I'm trying to like add to my resource list and so I can refer out or offer a different um offer a different tool for respite or whatever they need yeah. but by no means am i just sitting here preaching banging the same drum that fitness fit, fitness is going to cure um those those uh, mental demons that you no. have i just know that that works for me and i've yeah. seen it and i'm going to obviously uh, being a compassionate person as you are like i'm going to give that a red hot crack and just yeah. use that because that's my that's my that's in my wheelhouse yeah I think it's a really good starting point anyway. Like if we can build someone's confidence and self-belief, well, they're one step closer to being able to manage their, their mental health. So, you know, when most certainly not saying fitness cures things, but, um, you know, if you can become a, a stronger, more resilient person um, in the gym that, that believes in themselves, um, you know, you're one step ahead of the rest and, and you're able to maybe put your hand up and go get help. You know, because it is like I, I said to Luke, I had a, a breakdown again probably 12, 18 months ago. And, you know, again, I'm, I'm so aware of it now. I caught it, you know, in the beginning um, because I've been through it so many times. But I still couldn't put the nail on the head as to what it was. And it yeah. wasn't until I sat down with my psychologist and she said, all right, talk to me. And I went, 
blah, blah, blah. I just verbally Word vomited vomit. all this stuff. And I went, wow, no wonder I'm anxious. No wonder mm. I'm not sleeping. Should have a book. Yeah, <laughs> 100%. Yeah, <laughs> but that just one before. All these, all these small things, you know, they really yeah. were. They were just yeah. small things that accumulated, like you said, and the band was stretching and, you know, I could feel I was at breaking point, but we're not always aware. And the other thing is, I think we've just started to accept People just accept that as norm. Mm. I'm tired, I'm run down, I'm, work is stressful, all this. This is why I feel like this way. You don't have to feel that way. Like, how much are you guys juggling right now? You're studying, working in a gym, you know, you're working in the gym, studying and going online. Like, you can manage the that's workload. Ev everyone's got their moving parts. Yeah. And that's all it is. I just still, I always refer and I always think of them here. It's just a juggling act. Yeah. You know what I mean? Life's never going to be one ball up down easy going you're gonna have obstacles you're gonna have hurdles and then that's okay if you drop a ball from time to time but as i said you can kind of think of it okay, okay some balls are made of glass some balls aren't okay you don't want to drop those ones that are made of glass which is yeah. your mental well-being your family and your connections with your friends and obviously yeah. your finances and things like that but those other balls like those little little things they're, they're okay to be taken a back seat and you've yeah. got to have that self-awareness that you touched on to go okay like Everything's great over here, but this one thing over here, is, it's really its really bothering me. It's bringing me down. It's a bit of an anchor. I need to address that whilst managing my other things, but this needs to be priority right now. It's, yeah. And having that kind of um, growth mindset around your life isn't just like one or two little yeah. funnels, you know what I mean? There's yeah. so many ways and so many different things that are going on and they intersect and they interchange. And because of that, that adds stress. Because of that, that adds anxiety. And, you know, away you go. There you yeah. are. Yeah, I think one of the biggest thing when I speak to people is like people are so afraid to say no as well. Like, and they they take on way too much. Hey, oh my, I have whatever. It's not called this, but yes manism. I had that. <laughs> and I, read, I read this book last year, uh, Sarah Knight's book, and yeah. it definitely helped me. It helped me because I wore, I wore a busy schedule like a badge of honor, and yeah. so that because I took pride in that. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah, sure, I can do that. No, I can't. Yeah. Sure, I can do that. No, I can't. And that was adding stress to me because I didn't want to speak out and go, hey, I probably can't fulfill the commitment I've made to you. And then I was worried about the kind of reception that I'd get back from them, like the feedback, that, oh, well, why would you do that? Like, you're an idiot type yeah. thing. But yes, man, is a big problem, yeah. big problem. And that, I don't even think that has anything to do with mental health. That's just people in general. You've got you to learn that you can, only, you can only fill up your plate. You've got yeah. to like figure out how big your plate is, what you can fit on it, what you want on it, yeah. and then start to do other things. You yeah. know what I mean? Ugh. Absolutely. <laughs> actually, cry, someone mate. was talking the other day. It's like, if you want to get something done, ask a busy person to do it because they, they're already in the mode of working and they're, they're going to say yes because they're already moving and getting shit done. And it's, it's so true, you know? Like, if you want something done, like, you know, I know... You know, I know you'll get it done, right? I'll always ask Luke, but at the same time, I should stop and think, well, Luke's got a lot on his plate at the moment. Like, he doesn't need to take that, and he's a really nice guy, and he's going to say yes. So as much as Luke needs to say, <laughs> learn to say no, I need to be mindful of not um, putting too much on other people's plates as well because it's this vicious circle. Like, mm -hmm. I don't want to let Luke down. Luke doesn't want to let me down, yep. you know, yep. but we, we need to say no, and um, yeah. Those are yes, like unspoken a, responsibilities yeah, that I you like kind that of have one. between your friends regardless. You know, yeah. you just got to make sure that you're always thinking about them as well as yourself. Obviously, yourself takes priority. But yeah, like when I've, there's instances where little things have popped up where it would have made my life a million times more convenient. <laughs> I would have had a bit more wiggle room to stretch the legs out, but I knew I couldn't bring that person on to help me because it just I just knew that 
that that one little thing that I needed, that just that mundane little everyday action, it could have just tipped them over the edge. And I was like, it's it's really not worth it. Uh, he's a great mate. Yeah. Love him a bit, so I'm just going to leave it. You know yeah. what I mean? And, and that's just an example that I have for the whole plate analogy. Because yeah, it, it, that it was a really good a lot one. Of sense. The Sarah Knight was that the is she the one that did um, the art of not giving a fuck? Has she got got her own she version that. of that? Yep, yeah, she did that. that. that one? This one was called uh, Fuck No. Okay, that was, that was the the book, and it was yeah. just like it was yeah. good. It was pretty good. Yeah, six cool. out of ten. I'll give it a six out of ten. <laughs> I'm also a book reviewer. Yeah. I like it. I like it. <laughs> Ma- many hats. Many hats. <laughs> anyway, uh, don't do too much. Well. Don't yeah, do yeah, too yeah, much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, okay, let's. I mean, that's a really good place to sort of lead on to. Like, um, you know, you've you've spoken about the the glass ball analogy and juggling it. Like, how how do you manage everything that you want to do? Obviously, you're still studying, and you said your work's full time. Oh, you I, tra- you I have two tra- jobs that kind of equate to a full-time role. Yeah. I, I commit to the, both those places in a part-time capacity. Um, but yeah, I think you just got to have a, a really good sense of yeah what you can do. You got to be realistic with yourself. You got to drop the like leave the ego at the door. Otherwise, unfortunately, you're going to find yourself in a month's time burnt out uh, in your car with your head on your steering wheel, just going, I can't do this. Uh, for me, it's just about simplifying things, thinking long-term at all times. You know what I mean? As I said, when I walked in. We were t- touching on just what I do, and I said, "Yeah, I do this and this and this." But uni is always going to be number one and two with family. Yeah. So whenever I am approached with a, a situation or a decision, those two things get factored in first. Okay, yeah. I, yeah, I wouldn't mind going and having a beer with this or a coffee with this, but then that interferes with uni, and that's a, that's a much higher up above in my priority ladder, unfortunately. And it's like short-term pain, long-term gain. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like. Um, if I go out for that, th- that that also affects that, and you have that ripple effect. So it's just I just me I nail my simple things that I have to do each day. I'm I'm an absolute stickler for ticking boxes, like like literally physically ticking boxes <laughs> on my diary, and yeah. I just get a lot out of that because I know that I can go to bed at the end of the night and go I've, I've done what I needed to do. Anything yeah. else is a bonus, but I had I had four yeah like KPIs if you were going to go yeah. in sales terms. <laughs> I had my things to tick. I ticked them off. Um, I kept myself accountable and that is it. Anything else is a bonus, but also anything else could be too much. Yeah. So I, I have that kind of um, awareness in my life or the measuring stick where I can go uh, too much, not enough. Also, you can kind of track back and go, yesterday was a big day. Probably not going to do that today. Hey, although it's in the schedule, I've written it in pencil. Rub it out. I don't write anything in text or anymore. Yeah. It's all in pencil. Rub it out. Move on. You know, and just yeah. kind of take it day by day. But yeah, simplifying things for me, like, do the basics. The basics always work. That's it. So that's the obviously the work, the work side of things. But you're you're training for this event. We'll we'll get into that. You know, obviously that takes a big toll on the body, and recovery needs to be a big thing. Like, you know, are you you're huge on your nutrition? Are you huge on your sleep? Like, what other factors do you play in there? Like, how are you recovering from that? And then, you know, being able to study and 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 do all the rest of it. Yeah, and those are two aspects of things that I thought I had a pretty good um, hold on, but recovery is definitely something that's kind of jumped up the priority ladder now, and I've had to shift my schedule around. I was a pretty bit a bit over habituated with things, like in terms of I had to go for my my run every morning, but now it's like, well, mate, that that just takes away from your training in the afternoon, which then takes away from this, which then could uh, hurt my calf, and then I can't run. So everything, everything right now is I look at it and it's just ask one question, is this going to tick the needle forward? Is yeah. this going to, and am I going to be able to do what I need to do tomorrow and the next day and the next day? Because I don't really think too much about the, the triple-a-thon. I don't, that's seven weeks away. It's about this week and this session and being like completely and utterly present with what you're doing at that moment. 
So nutrition, um, I've always been pretty okay with it. I've, I don't think I've had the same breakfast for about four or five years. I've always tracked my calories, my macros, but I've obviously had to move into a more performance kind of based eating model where I'm looking at my strain for the day and then I eat towards that. So for example, today I'm doing upwards of 90 minutes of, of consistent training, um, but I got to sleep, sleep like in this morning. So I factored that in and I'd pretty much just make sure I top up what I need to like, again, analogy guy here. If you're driving to Melbourne, you're going to fill up your car with the right amount of fuel to get to Melbourne. Yeah. Otherwise it looks like you're not going to get to Melbourne. Yeah. So that's, that's the way I approach that. Sleep has been a big one for me now. So I've, um, yeah, completely, um, blocked off all my morning routines that I had other than going to work. Um, so what I do now is I prioritize sleep. I go to bed at eight 30 or eight, between eight 15 and eight 30 every night. Um, and then I get up at six 45 instead of, running for half an hour i read so obviously i'm a bit of a bookworm anyway so yeah. it was just kind of like oh i'll just plug that hole put out that fire and put the reading there so i front load my day with all that kind of stuff which is like reading going to work and uni that's all in the front front part of my day and then i kind of move into training where as the day goes along i'm eating very very specific with those things so like i load up my carbs around like 11 12 1 make sure i get a good pre-workout um meal in and because a lot of my sessions now, obviously to be able to complete something upward of 10 hours, I need to be able to train for that period of time. Otherwise, you know, you don't do your homework, you fail the test. So yeah. because I'm training, sometimes you can, you can be impromptu and kind of roll with it a session or like just go to the gym and kind of roll with it a bit underdone. I mean, yeah. I don't attest to that. I think that's the silliest thing you can do, but you do it and we yeah. do do it because we have other things in life and yep. you just don't get around to it unfortunately 24 hours might not be enough sometimes but for me it's like well i need to be able to get through xyz i need to eat for that otherwise i'm not going to get through it so sleep's been huge i've upped that i'm getting at least eight and a half hours every night even when i start at 4 a.m at the gym on three three mornings a week i still go to bed at 7 45 to make sure i get the sleep in um i do 15 minutes of stretching every night now in front of the tv just to, again trying to get that kind of I still not to like to deload and just chill out. I'm not like bloody Superman. I just want to chill out and watch Netflix or watch like the footy or whatever. But I make sure that I'm still like doing the right things by myself as well. So giving back to my body whilst giving back to my mind. So I'll stretch. Uh, the Theragun's been my best mate. Unfortunately, Josh, my best mate, you've been you've been punting. <laughs> the Theragun is my best mate now. I spent a lot of time with him. Um, and then, yeah, that's been the, the only two big changes is just prioritizing time, prioritizing sleep and then upping the nutrition to equate for the volume that the I'm covering across every single day. It sounds like just um, you've got real good clarity around the end goal. You mightn't be, like you said, you mightn't be focused on it, but like you sort of touched on a couple of times, um, you know, that's going to take away. If I go and run today and i got to sit on the rower and I hurt my calf, that's going to take away from it where previously you may have done that. Um, but now you've got real clarity around what you want in life in all aspects, whether it's study, work. Um, that's been the biggest thing for me, like being able, like Joel of the past was the guy that pushes the needle, pushes the envelope every single day. Mm. Badge of honor type of guy, like what can I do that's crazy today and that, that really pushes me to the edge where that, that's not sustainable. That yeah. is the, I don't care who you are, it's not sustainable. So that, that one little decision now that I look at, it's just can I tick that needle forward yeah. a little bit is what I'm going to do. Prime example was, Two Fridays ago, big day um, in the lead up to a Friday, two big days in a row. Body hadn't quite recovered, but I had a session in that I that I wanted to do. It was a fun workout. It was going to be hard, and it was like a bike erg, kettlebell swing, box jump, oh, bike erg, kettlebell swing, 
and I think strict pull-ups. So I was like, that's a real good workout for me. Like I looked forward to it. Got to Friday afternoon, hammies weren't feeling great. My back was jacked. It was hurting all day. And I'd also committed to someone to train with. I was like, do you want to jump in? He's like, yeah, sweet. And I was just like, as the day went along, it was bothering me. I was sitting there on the edge of my tongue. I'm like, oh, I need to message um, such and such and let them know that I probably can't train. And then, I, I, but part of me is like, oh, you're letting them down. Anyway, I just rang, I said, bro, like I'm, I'm like, my Gary Jack's cooked, my back yeah. is done. <laughs> and I said, this one workout is not going to get me to the triple thon, you know what I yeah. mean? But what yeah. it could do is put take me further away. So yeah, that's the way I looked further. at it. And it's then cool. rested that night. I think I had pizza, rolled into the next session the next day. The back was a lot better. And I yeah, got through the next day. And you know what I mean? It's those learned experiences that I just, I build on that. You know what I mean? I'm, I try to be as um, intentful as I can, but sometimes you've got to roll with the punches and be a bit impromptu. And but then you learn, like I, that's a one thing I try and do is reflect on every single day. And that's what I do in that diary. I yeah. like, you write things down or if I don't get to tick that box, you kind of go back to it and go, well, why? It's yeah. because you prioritize back time very poorly. So now instead of getting up at 6.30, you're gonna have to get up at 6.15 to give yourself that 15 minutes because it's not worth the stress. If you are stressed, you're gonna drive faster, blah, 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 blah. And just like, you kind of look three steps ahead Mm-hmm. And there's no way to live your life, but in terms of these little things, when you have a bigger picture, bigger picture in mind, they matter. They yeah. add up. Absolutely. All right. Let's the, tell us about the, the event. Here we go. <laughs> the big event. Yeah. All right. So I don't, I'm not too sure. Well, me and, <laughs> me and my good mate Matt, he uh, he's a real good mate of mine, and we're pretty passionate about that space. As we touched on him just as much as me. Um, he's a freak of nature. I've learned a lot from him, not just in fitness, just life skills and. Um, being a better person so we kind of just like we both had this like unconscious we knew that we both wanted to do something together and we just didn't get the chance to talk about it then one day I was like you want to do it like I have a brand in mind that like an organization that wants to come on board I said I really think we could do, do something here and, and then we sat down and my original idea was run a marathon and roll a marathon in the same day so I was like okay that, that's crazy <laughs> yeah I'll do that yeah and then I sat with him and he just looked at me and goes nah how about this we're gonna run a marathon. We're gonna then gonna row a marathon, and then when they're gonna bike a marathon, and you hold that thought. We're gonna run, row, and then we're gonna do a double bike because the C two, you know, we think we're fine. I was just like, all right, like wow, I'm pretty scared. <laughs> then I said, okay, well we'll put, we'll put them in four and a half hour windows, and we'll do it across a, a whole day, like a two a.m. to kind of like eight p.m. at night. And he goes, no, 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 in succession. And I was just like, wow. mate, you've got me on the ropes already. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna throw this at me. But then yeah, we ended up with that. I, um, I reached out to Livin, who a good friend of mine um, had already done an event with. You guys probably saw that on my socials as well. Zach yeah. did his event. And again, like having like clarity and comfort around knowing that someone else has done it is, mm. was a good thing for me because yeah. I was a bit scared of public scrutiny or like like probably taking on something too big or anything yeah. like that. And seeing Zach do that really inspired me. He's paved the way for he me. He did something similar? Or? He did a tire flip around the river. He okay. had a six hour window to flip a, a 140 kilo tire around the Holnapan River, which is just shy of seven Ks. Yeah, right. <laughs> so he did something pretty silly. Yeah. How was and his he- back? cooked <laughs> <laughs> Damien cooked it was not good um, Damien cooked. but um so then like yeah he paved the way for me and i that that's hopefully what we do for the next awesome. person yeah, and yeah. we kind of came to that it took a, a week two weeks three weeks to kind of get everything tied up and squared off um mm. it's not as easy as just dotting the i's and crossing the t's we had a few things to do and he's got a lot of moving parts in his life yep. i also also had to be realistic about what i could kind of commit to because i have summer school coming up i have a day job he has a gym 
a child, another child, a, a whole other life, you know what I mean? That we yeah. both need to make sure we're still contributing to because this isn't the be all and end all, but it is taking up a lot of our time because it's, it's for a good cause. And um, we came to that and pretty much we, I reached out to a coach um, who could probably look after all that stuff because I didn't want to add any more onto Matt's plate. I mm-hmm. also don't have any experience in prepping for an endurance event. So mm-hmm. I wasn't going to take that on myself and potentially, yeah, not do the homework and yeah, not yeah. get there. So I was like, reach out, outsource that. That's been that's been sorted and it's been great. I'm getting my six sessions a week. Thanks, Bobby D. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> big Bobby. Yeah, big Bobby. No way, there yeah, we go. Yes. Raw strength and conditioning. Yeah, All right, Bobby's big got Bobby. Me. Yeah, he's looking big after Bobby. me. Yeah. Very good. Uh, you been out the farm? I haven't, no. I've been to his gym, but I haven't been to the farm. Yeah, wow. I might have to get out yeah, there. Yeah, get out the farm. Yeah, all right. So if, you go, if you go out, let me know. Yeah, no, I'd love no, to I will, come. I will, mate. He's a, he's a top fella and he's a, he's a real stickler and he, he's very like specific, which is what I respond to. I respond to very assertive, clear, direct, intention, intentionful, intentful yeah. um, kind of training. That's yeah. what I like. I don't like kind of winging it. I yeah. need structure. I need to know how hard I'm supposed to hit this, percentages, uh, per 500s on the rower, um, X, Y, Z, you know what I mean? I need those yeah. little intricacies to make sure you get the best out of me. Otherwise, I kind of go into it, stab in the dark, go too hard, and then I'm busted, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. So Bobby's been looking after me and Matt, um, been doing that. So it's a six-day-a-week kind of program, or six sessions a week. Yeah. Um, we've got a bit of wiggle room with one session there, and then I have a swim session in there as well. It's a bit of a floater um, where I can get that done if I want to. Um, as an intentful session, so working on like lactate buildup, blowing out my lats, obviously, because to be able to swim, you need to be able to pull, and I need to be able to pull a rower for 42K. So yeah. that's been great, but I also have the wiggle room to not commit to that if body's not feeling it that week. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I've just been chipping away day by day at that. Cool. That's awesome. So have you reached out to any uh, the CrossFit athletes that did the uh marathon on the rower and got all the chafe and torn hands and <laughs> that c word that's that's the c word now eh? I'm, I'm scared of that I'm, I'm battling at the moment i'm wearing long skins everyone oh keeps teasing me sounding like mums but you know gotta do what you gotta do there was uh, some weird strategies going into that was. event i've watched yeah. the event since but luckily yeah. obviously matt is quite exposed in the crossfit world he's, he's pretty much reached the top of the game in there and he's been really good for like strategies and things like that. He, um, we both haven't rode a marathon before. I think the first I've rode is 10Ks. <laughs> and then that's, so that's about as um, I've only dipped my toes in. Yeah. But um, he's been pretty good with that. He's got a pretty good understanding of what we need to do. Bobby also touches on that as well because he's prepped a few games, athletes, yeah, as you probably cool. know. Yeah. So uh, yeah, that, that's kind of where we're at right now. So Beautiful. about to wrap up week five. I've got one more session to do this week and then I'll be heading into that. So now it's, I think as I really kind of build momentum with my training it's about shifting focus now into the community and that's yeah, what cool. i'm doing now we've got i did a thing with daily telegraph um i've got a, two community events lined up and going back to my, my high school and speaking there with um zach the fellow who did it as well um, i'm going to try and do some more work with living i'm going to go to the, like, to the what's, what's living i've seen them pop up but what are they what do they do so living well yep. um it's an organization based in burley so in queensland and mm-hmm. they specify specifically on suicide prevention and mental health awareness or education programs for high school kids oh cool so that's kind of been where things have kind of in our community have been at large that's been the focus we've had a couple of kids in their mid high school to late high school yeah, yeah. unfortunately um not not win their battle and yeah, yeah. that's why Matt and me and Matt chose them and as well as Zach um, strengthening that that kind of tie with them for us to uh, jump straight in with them so they've run that program so that's why we've really shot for the stars with the, the money mm-hmm. because that that's 
we just see raising money. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So yep. fifteen thousand dollars is yep. our is our goal. Um, Where are you at? You know, uh, just over five five awesome. grand. So we're, we're ticking along nicely. Yep. Obviously, there's a lot more things to come in terms of actual like um, physical intervention. So yeah, we're going yep. out in the community, yep. and I think that's going to generate a lot. Um, but that's where I'm kind of moving my focus in now. After I get through this long weekend, because we did, we have lives, and I'm going to kind of yeah. wind down. But come Monday, it's I'm going to start ramping into the kind of social sphere of things. Yeah. Use that and get out there and actually do some stuff. So like doing some community initiatives. Um, mm -hmm. Matt's really good with things like that. He's got strong connections in the mountains. Yep. And I'm gonna try and yeah, get into my school and the school that I work at as well. I'm gonna mm -hmm. try and get living in there. They don't obviously specialize in high school, yep. but I think kids now in, in comparison to back in the day, they are so much more aware. They, are, they know what's going on. They have a very good grasp of their emotions yeah. and you want to get in early. Like yeah. you, if you can prevent a car crash, you, you, you prevent it. You don't get in the car. So that's mm. that's the kind of the where I'm at with that. Yeah, yeah, awesome, man. Beautiful. We're so good. when's the event date? 22nd of November. Awesome. 4 a.m. kickstart. Cool. And where can they uh, find you to donate? Uh, so my Facebook is obviously just Joel Walsh and my Instagram is Joel Walsh double underscore and then Matt's is uh, Matt Riley CrossFit Urge and then his name on Facebook is Matt CrossFit Urge Riley. We'll, so chuck, a, we'll chuck a uh, link in the in the caption of this one to donate as well. Oh, awesome, yeah. mate. Yeah, yeah. That'd, that'd be greatly appreciated, mate. Yeah, Again, yeah. I, and I don't like to... I, that, that's been the biggest battle for me, yeah. putting my hand out and then... Yeah. Like not asking, but like just pushing that. Yeah. yeah. But it's it's, it's not about me. I I'm a real weirdo in this sense. I have a, a little whiteboard. Well, I've got four whiteboards, but I've got a little whiteboard. Just <laughs> I for reckon the, you've got more than four. <laughs> yeah, there's a few in the drawers, right? <laughs> uh, I got this whiteboard now, the little one just for the triple orthon. So at the bottom of it, it's got like a countdown for mm -hmm. week, just weeks out. And I yeah. just obviously scribble it out and replace it with the, the next um, week number. Yeah. But at the top of that, it's just like this mantra that I'm following. And it's pretty, I'm not going to say it because I try and keep my cards close to my chest in that regard. But essentially, it's about forgetting about everything else pride aside you could all you need to do is contribute to the betterment of other people so right. use it like let's go push through the pain type thing yeah, yeah and i'm that that's what i'm working on being more open and being okay with like this is bigger than you oh yeah. it's much bigger yeah. than me mate much yeah. bigger than me it's awesome that's, and that's what i mean i'm not trying to be a psychiatrist not trying to be a social hero i'm just using what i know best to create the most possible change in a positive way it's awesome it's awesome buddy it's awesome well it's been fantastic to have you down here in the shire Oh, it's mate, been a it's while. Been a pleasure. Yeah. Pleasure. I love driving up that. It's a beautiful day here <laughs> yeah. in the show. God's country. Well. Yeah, we oh, love oh, it down man. here. So you're going to go hit the beach next? Of course, mate. Absolutely. You probably swim out around Shark Island just for a casual <laughs> swim. <laughs> <laughs> just, a, just a casual 10 or something. Yeah, oh, Body you know? surf with a great days. white. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, mum actually dropped me here. Yeah, yeah, I'm running home. <laughs> yeah he's going to run home. <laughs> but no, nah, boys, I appreciate you having me on. And um, it's a pleasure. I love yeah. what you guys are doing here. And I'm going to try and get myself out of here, of course. Yeah, come out for a session. Um, yeah, yeah, dip my toes in. Let's yeah. do it, eh? Well, let's, uh, once you got through this one, we might discuss the 24-hour. Uh, on the hour. Mate, I'm sold. You've told yeah. me five <laughs> words and I'm sold. Beautiful. You're a good salesman, mate. Thanks for <laughs> having me on, boys. I appreciate it. I look forward on, to uh, chatting with you in the future, mate, and all the best with it. Cheers, boys. Thank you. Thank Cheers, you. Mate.